0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we give a voice to women whose story is meaningful, moving, and compelling. We love to share these stories because in their shining, they say, hey, you need to own your story, and they give you permission to shine as well. I'm super, super excited to introduce you today. Many of you already know Renee Branson, but I would like to introduce her to the rest of my network. She is brilliant and beautiful, both inside and out. So Renee, thank you so much for being here today. So happy to have you.
1: Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here with you.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. For those who don't know, I think a lot of people in my network know you, but maybe they want to learn more about what you're doing these days. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing these days.
1: Absolutely. So just a little bit, a little quick background um, on on me. I'm a a former educator and therapist, and I've taken both of those roles and now work with organizations and law firms to help them um, cultivate resilient um, communities of people within their organizations.
0: Wonderful. Much needed. I know in legal for sure, it's the number one... um... I would say industry where we see suicide, alcoholism, drug use, they, they very much are struggling with that balance between productivity and wellness. So your services are, are very much needed in that industry, especially um, as well as others, you know, but I, I have a history in legal, so I recognize that readily. Let, right. let me ask you a little bit about the name of your business. Tell us about the name of your business and, and why, why you named it that.
1: So, um, I, it goes by uh, RB Consulting. So, RB is, of course, my initials, but it also stands for really two of the things I talk a lot about. It talks, it's resilient, how to be resilient, how to cultivate it in other people and in the teens, and what you get from that, the bounty that you get from that, That whether that bounty is personal well-being, whether it is a thriving and high-performing team, a successful business or law firm. So through resilience, you gain the bounty of that.
0: Those are two very, very, very powerful words. And when used together, they are empowering so amazing. So I, I, I do know resilience is something lacking, especially in the legal arena, because really, truly, the more successful you are, you still, your ass gets kicked. I mean, you're tired. You're working all the time. So, um, you know, teaching people how to be resilient and then yet even better, take it to the next place where you can, um, you know, find bounty or be bountiful in your work and enjoy what you do and be healthy doing it you know, achieving sustainability. That's great. You're sort of like a magic potion, if you you ask me. So uh, drink her up, folks. Drink her up. Let me ask you a bit. Um, Tell me on a day-to-day, what's your favorite thing to do in your professional setting? Like, what's your favorite part about what you do? Oh, gosh.
1: I love, I think it's the teacher in me, the natural teacher in me. I love to be in front of, a, a group of people and see some light bulbs go off. I also love it when I I see that kind of quizzical look on their face like wait a, I don't know if this isn't really you know is this how do I go about doing this and and being able to guide them through that process and and also learn as much from them as hopefully I am am teaching them. I have yet to be in a in a situation, whether it was a classroom when I was a teacher or now working with a, and training um, groups of professionals, I've never walked out um, without learning something myself. And so that, that's like the selfish giddy part, right? That I get to go in and learn all the time too.
0: That is awesome. So that's a sign of a really good, it's a difference between someone who manages their time and attention uh, and leads others. So leading others means you Um, motivate and inspire others to do as well or better than you have done. And you learn from them as much um, as you teach them. So awesome. That's really great. Um, And I know that you work with professionals who are brilliant, hardworking, uh, maybe not quite sure how to manage their attention. They might be, you know, under the dictates of managing their time, especially those with the billable hour. But how do you manage your tension in order to, to stay healthy and, and sane and happy? Um, so that's great that you, you go in there and you help them find the answers, but you also listen and learn from them as well. That's, that's cool. terrific. Let me ask you, um, you definitely have the teacher personality. I am that on Myers-Briggs. I fall under teacher healer, you know. So I think we both have a lot of that in us. Let me ask you about your proudest professional moment as a teacher healer or proudest professional accomplishment in your work.
1: Gosh, I, you know, I think one of the proudest moments for me was the the moment where um, I decided to um, follow my heart and go back to school and become, to become a therapist, to, to get to get my graduate degree. Um, because I think for, I think for anyone particularly, but particularly for women, listening to that small voice inside us saying, um, follow this path, even though it's not one that was um, chartered, char- you know, the, the, the well-worn charted path. So that, and then, um, and then I have to say, and I know you said one, but I'm gonna say two anyways, but really any time I get, sometimes it's not immediate. Sometimes it's years later, someone come back to me and say, um, the, the thing that you taught me or the thing that you shared with me or that we discovered together changed my life in such and such way. And every time that's like jet fuel, to me, you know, to my motivation to say, okay, we might not see this, the, the, the seeds that we plant, we might not see the full cultivation of it, the tree or the flower that blossoms from that. But man, when, when we are able to circle back and see that, that's the best.
0: That is so powerful. So fulfilling. So it's like, um, You know, you do what you can, you put it out there, but without the feedback, you never really, you know, communication doesn't take place to speak my language. But when someone comes back to you and says, not only did you change my thoughts and attitudes, maybe even my beliefs, which is very difficult to do, but your work impacted my behavior and my life has changed because of you. That is super powerful. And you're awesome to tell me more than one of your proudest professional accomplishments. I love that. I'm sure there are many um, and, and, and this is the forum where you should shine. Tell me everything you want me to know about what you do, how you can help others. Tell me everything you love about what you do. And then we're going to talk a little bit about who your mentors have been, or maybe challenges or setbacks. But for now, tell me if I am, what, what's your perfect audience or prospect or, you know, someone who might need you or appreciate you most, who is that person?
1: You know, I think right now, um, particularly, you know, we both work a lot with with law firms. I think folks who say, "We we know we want there to be a change, right? We know we need to attend to our well-being, either personally or within our whole firm or organization, but man, we just don't know where to get started. And so to me, that is, um, that's an ideal kind of point to say, all right, you've got the, you've got that initial desire and motivation, but it can be overwhelming to say, where do I even begin? And that's where, you know, just like when I was doing therapy one-on-one with a person, you know, sitting across from me, I, I meet them where they are and say, okay, where are you in this process? Um, And let's take a look and assess where you want to go and and we'll build that pathway there.
0: That is so awesome. I love that phrase, meet you where you are, um, because that makes everything you do much more relevant, much more meaningful than a, you know, off the shelf strategy. Here's what we want to do. Well, we know that. We know our big picture. We know where we want to get to. We just need to know the tactics to get us there. You know, what steps to take and in what direction and at what pace and you know, it, it, it's powerful. That's amazing that you're, you know, a lot of people that I interview say, well, I do BD strategy or I do this strategy that, well, sometimes, you know, leaders in the law firm, to use your example, they know the strategy. They, they need the tactics. They need the on the grounds. What step do I take today? Right. Um, how fast do I take the step? You know, give me a timeline. Can we measure the results? Um, Do we even know the metrics by which we will measure results and what do results look like? So that's pretty powerful. That's really good stuff. Well, you know, you motivate and inspire others. I see you out there. I'm a stalker on Twitter and you're very... You're very prolific. and I, uh, Yes,
1: I, I, am, I am active on the social media, for, for better or worse, hopefully mostly for the better.
0: Well, I'll tell you, you and I align in almost every way, so I'll say, yeah, give me more every day. That's great. I don't know if there's anyone out there who doesn't appreciate your post, but there's something wrong with them and not you, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So anyway, let me ask you this. Um, clearly, you motivate and inspire others. Who has motivated and inspired you?
1: gosh i think from my from my earliest childhood um, the women in my life the who starting with my starting with my grandmother right who was a in many many ways a very traditional um, southern wife and mother um, but without knowing it was a um, a trailblazer in her own right you know she was a quite literally a Rosie the Riveter, you know, during the, during World War II and what worked full time, sometimes more than one job um, to help put food on the table for her family. So she was, she has always been my, my inspiration. But then I think more broadly, I think there are, are um, great uh, leaders of of not just women, but but people who embody and embrace and celebrate being fully authentic and fully wholehearted. So people like Brené Brown um, has been a huge um, inspiration and uh, motivating force in my life to to own our stories and be fully wholehearted in what we do in spite of all of the, maybe the struggle and challenge and change that we, we each have to overcome. Cause none of us are, um, none of us get a free pass right from, from right. struggle. Um, so how do we live fully? Not just in spite of it, but because of it.
0: So I really, really love that you said that. And I know, you know, me, but for those out there listening and who often listen, but don't know me, um, I am a huge Brene Brown fr- fan. I believe Brene Brown is Oprah with an action plan. <laughs> so, you know, great way to put it. Yeah, and and like you, as you know from following me on social media, I put it all out there. I am like you know, by my being real and vulnerable and sharing my struggle or my my accomplishment, my joy, my pain, um, it lends. I want to start to normalize that like I want people to know that you can be a leader and still be authentic and you can be strong and still be vulnerable and in fact I believe vulnerability is one of the biggest signs of strength so I love that you said that I love that that's wonderful I promised I wouldn't use the words amazing and love so much in my podcast because I tend to get so excited I do that a lot but I'm gonna break my promise here because what you're saying is so moving and amazing and I love to hear that message.
1: Well, uh, I, I appreciate you, you bringing up the, this concept of vulnerability because it is one of the harder things for people to talk about um, across the board, but particularly in the, in the legal industry. I hear a lot about like, oh my gosh, we can't be vulnerable because when I hear the word vulnerable, I hear the word loophole and liability. So we don't do vulnerability here. <laughs> I, I get that a lot but getting people comfortable with the idea that before we can ever talk about resilience and these these different factors of resilience i talk about two things i I call them the bookends and one is vulnerability and the other is is boundaries um you can't have one without the other and you really can't cultivate resilience without it um Vulnerability is the birthplace of innovation and creativity and, and love, and um, and all things good. And yes, it's also sticking our neck out there, and and we're gonna we're gonna fall and stumble, um, but we can't we can't armor if we armor ourselves up so much, um, we don't get to reap any bounty and reward either.
0: That's super powerful, especially when dealing with lawyers who operate out of fear of appearing weak or fear of sharing vulnerability or or in any way looking like there's a a crack in the armor, if you will. So great, great analogy. Good, good, good. I think a lot of business women and men feel that way. They liken vulnerability to weakness, which you and I know is not the case. And as you grow to love yourself and know yourself better and more, you embrace all of you and you bring your whole self every day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think think that's where the, the boundary part comes in is that we also don't expect people to, you know, flay themselves and throw themselves wide open and raw to the to the wide world what (laughs) (laughs) right i mean thank goodness we don't all have to walk around with you know our heart beating outside of our chest all of the time so good healthy boundaries are are important and and being able to speak to those that's how we empower ourselves well um, by being able to say what's okay and what's not okay the fact that we can own our stories but then but also we control who gets to have the honor of hearing that story? So the, all of those kind of wrapped up um, in, in boundaries helps to be able to, to bolster our, our, our ability to be vulnerable as well.
0: So I probably could use a lesson or two about boundaries. <laughs> for, those, for
1: those who follow me on social media,
0: I could probably use Renee's work when it comes to that book. And <laughs> I've got the first
1: one down pat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, But I want to say in the law firm setting, do you find that um, they're highly reluctant to share their whole selves, even with both bookends? With clients, of course, I get that. But what about with partners or other people in their corporations, if we're talking about companies? Um, You know, is it something that you try to get them to embrace internally and share their truest selves with others in the company? Or is it, um, you're trying to get them to share their truest selves with clients or do you not differentiate?
1: I don't, I mean, I don't differentiate a whole lot. I mean, I think of course there are things that you, there are different ways of being vulnerable with, um, with different people. Right. And so, and that's, that's again, where the, where the boundaries come, come in, but, I think it's about building um, trust and connection. I think there, we can talk a lot about um, collaboration in, in, you know, in, the, in the professional sense and breaking down silos and all of that, kind of the jargon that we like to talk about. All of that is really good and important, but unless we first address that connection has to happen, before real collaboration can happen, before silos can be broken down. And so really getting down to that human level of, what do we do to weave connection between our colleagues, between our, our with our clients? And and that really is a, um, is kind of the basis of of any relationship.
0: Agreed, agreed. Beautifully put, the weaving. I love that, the weave weave the connection. So people like to do business with and like to relate to and have relationships with people they know, love, and trust, or know, like, and trust, if you want to put it in the professional setting. But I agree, you have to weave that connection first. And that's not always easy for those who are fear-filled or afraid to be vulnerable, because isn't vulnerability a tool for connecting?
1: Yeah, absolutely it is. For sure it is, um but it does again, it doesn't have to be in a way where you you bear your soul to someone, but it can say but but it it can be um, i want to share I want to share this idea with you and and here's how I hope that you'll hear it and and um and give me feedback, so even just laying down the groundwork of how people share ideas and share feedback um those are those are like little um those are those individual threads of of trust and connection that yes. we build when we say here's what I want to reach out to and here's how how you can connect back with me even when it's even when it's maybe negative feedback. It's maybe especially when it's negative feedback, right? To be able to do it in a way that is um that is really constructive and not just, you know, dropping the hammer.
0: Right. So I think feedback is a sign of respect, whether it's good or bad news, positive. I mean, you need to know that. And to be able to set the boundaries in advance and say, you know, I'd like you to give me feedback constructively, not just the content, but the delivery needs to be a certain way. Cause here's how I communicate or um, this is how I need you to communicate with me. Um, yeah, that's beautiful. If you can get, look, you get a gold star and a million dollar bonus. If you can get lawyers to do that, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, um, let me ask you, you know, that I'm very involved in women's issues have been for a thousand years, um, teach girls in politics, um, have a girl power group. And my business model is lifting other women in business. So it's important to me. And I want to ask you, and I hope this doesn't put you on the spot, but how do you feel about women lifting each other up? And that's, if, you, if you agree that that needs to happen, how do you advise that we do that? Like, what, what are your tips?
1: Absolutely. I'm glad that you asked because it's something I'm very passionate about as, as well. I think it has to be, um, we have to be willing to, amplify, amplify, amplify other women's voices. But before we do that, we have to really understand the landscape. I think those of us who are um, women in business and, and in the professional world, we are we look ahead to see where we're going so often, right? That's what we're supposed to be doing. But we also need to stop and look not only side to side, but stop and look behind us. Who is not? Who is not sitting at the table with us? Who's not been invited? Who is lagging behind because they haven't been able to get the support? And then, not just call back over our shoulder. Hey, come on! Stop! Grab them! Grab her by the hand and and bring her to the to the table and amplify that voice. Um, and you have been such a great champion of that. I know you and I had that um exchange on on Twitter about the book I wanted to share from a, a woman who've not had a chance to meet yet in person but I'm so thrilled about a book that she's got coming up um who's writing about women and um women in of color in business. She kind of considers it her the the lean in for um for women of color and um I know you you purchased her book and I think just even those even those Small things, buying a book and then talking about it on Twitter, right? That's that amplification that is that m- might look very small, but I think makes a world of difference. I'm so glad that you presented her to me and,
0: and to the world on Twitter. Um, we have since had private messaging. I did buy her book. She's incredible. Yeah, she reached out to wish me happy birthday today. I thought that was very nice. Um, I love what you said about reaching back and not just saying, Hey, come on because those younger women or other women or the women who are not yet at the table, don't know how to get there or they be there by now. That's right. So you literally have to turn around, walk back, hold their hand and bring them with you to the table. That is a beautiful analogy. The story paints a picture, a clear picture of what needs to be done. And um, it, it, it's one thing about the lifting up. Everyone can envision what that means. But when you say look back, turn back, go back, get her hand, walk her forward, sit her at the table with you, that's a super powerful story that creates a really colorful and um, meaningful picture. Um, I'm going to start to think about that more because I'm not sure how good I have been at that. I, you know, you're talking about sponsorship is what you're talking about. Versus mentoring. Those are two different things. People don't even understand often that those are two different things. We need both. We need both. Don't just live by example and expect others to say, oh, she did it. So I'm going to do it because sometimes they can't or don't know how. Um, So sponsorship.
1: And I think asking, asking women what they need and what might be in their way that we don't see particularly if we are women of 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 certain privilege whether it's because of our our socioeconomic status or or our color or whatever that the privilege that we have that that blinds us to maybe being able to see um, what barriers might be there for other women um we might if we just kind of glance over our shoulder we might not see that and so to stop and ask what's in your what's in your way and how can we navigate around that we don't have to know all of the right answers i've often said one of my you know my best secret weapon whether i'm i'm in a therapy relationship with someone or i'm working with a working with a larger group my best secret weapon is is actually my lack of knowledge about something but my curiosity about it you know it would be foolish of me to walk in and to any room Um, whether it be with one other person or a hundred other people and assume that I know the landscape of what's going on inside the room and inside people's minds and hearts. So going in with, with the not knowing and being curious about finding out so in my
0: work all my life i've been in business development training of attorneys and before that financial advisors and the number one um, place to start was being curious being curious about the other what they're trying to achieve uh, any perceived ro- or real roadblocks in the way um, assessing client needs uh, interviewing them for you know where do you see this company or yourself in it in the next x number of years And then even uncovering the things that they don't realize are roadblocks. So I love that you said that. You are an expert, but true experts recognize that their expertise comes from not knowing and from listening and asking questions. That's beautiful, that's super powerful. I hope everyone heard that. If you didn't, uh, click rewind and replay because that was super powerful. Um, well, I know that life isn't easy for all of us who consider ourselves to be uh, self-actualized, if you will. Life isn't easy for anyone. There are just some people out there who don't know what they don't know yet. So I guess blissfully ignorant is a great, sweet place to be. Sadly, I'm not there. I'm very aware. Um, so let me ask you about challenges or setbacks. You know, Have you had any big challenges or setbacks, and how did you overcome them?
1: Wow, I've, I've, I've had so many, right? Haven't we all? I mean, I think we all have, but I think the one that was, um, and a lot of those challenges are, are external, um, but I would say the one internal challenge that I had to overcome was the voice inside my head, um, and that is, and the voice also that comes from outside my head for many women is that it's not your turn yet. Wait your turn. Wow. Which is really just a nice way of saying you don't deserve a turn yet. Yeah. (laughs) And being able to finally say you get to take your turn and you don't have to wait um, for permission or wait for this big magic sign, you know, that's going to streamed down. And I, I, it was actually something that to invoke Brene Brown again, um, that I read about her statement about what it's, um, you know, what a midlife, what she calls a midlife unraveling instead of a midlife crisis where, you know, the universe kind of pulls you up close and says, now's your, now's your time. You know, all of this kind of pretending and performing these coping mechanisms you've had um your armor is preventing you from growing into your gifts and you have your while your time is in one way growing short there are unexplored adventures ahead of you dive be courageous and dive into it and that to me was a a moment as I really kind of came to understand that in my own life to be brave and courageous enough to start this business um, that I'm in now, which I has been absolutely, um, I found my home, you know, it's really what it felt like. I found my home.
0: I love everything you just said. Again, I committed not to saying love on the podcast and I broke my promise. It it, it just,
1: I should love the word love. So
0: (laughs) yeah, I believe we have two choices, fear or love. And I act out of love. So I tend to use the word a lot and live the word a lot. But I want to tell you how freakishly connected we are. Um, as you know, today is my 53rd birthday. And just, yes. yeah, yes. well, just yesterday, I posted that from Brene Brown.
1: Oh, I missed it. I
0: was in life. Uh, no, I know. I know you've been busy traveling and so forth. But I had chills when you started to speak of it because it's, it's. So I mean, crazy. I it is, it is. And oh my gosh, you know, I was going to ask you, are you talking about starting your new business when you said you weren't giving yourself permission to for all these years or you kept hearing that voice and boom, you use that example that, you know, now I have the courage or I've always been able to do this. Just didn't do it. You just didn't take the leap. And you know, a lot of Brene Brown books are out there. Um, I re- highly recommend every one of them. Um, yeah. And her Netflix special and her, Ted talk on vulnerability. I mean, all things Brene Brown, but I will say that there's so many of us out there who feel that fear, you know, like when I launched my business, it was more of um, personal life circumstances launched me into it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if I can't do this now, then I'll never do this. You know, now I I have to do this. So, and it's turned out to be the best decision ever, but like you, it's scary being a solopreneur or small business owner and you know, this, the safety in the bosom of the corporate world is no more, you know, that paycheck every two, years. so it's not just about the money, it's about all the things that you mentioned, the, the fulfillment that come in other ways beyond uh, the dollar, and I love Brene Brown's, if, if everyone listening would look it up, Google it, it's called On Midlife, The Midlife Unraveling, and we call it a midlife crisis. And she said, that's BS. It's not a crisis, it's an unraveling. And I so, I relate with that. You know, that's her whole, I don't want to spoil it for everyone. Renee, um, you read some really great parts of it, but I am going to suggest everyone Google it and read the whole thing. Even if you're not at our age, folks, um, you will be. (laughs) If you're lucky, you'll get here. So,
1: the idea of being uncomfortable with change and whatever. messy middle is, right? We don't have, um and when and so when we have this unraveling um to be okay with that process to say this is leading me to something else. I I read something recently, some probably some meme, right, on social media that says, you know, when a caterpillar turns into a butterfly, it doesn't just slap on some wings and break out of the cocoon. It literally has to dissolve itself into a pile of goo. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I love. <laughs> and so if, if you're at that point where you are feeling a little bit like a pile of goo, and I think we all have been there and probably will be again during different iterations of change and challenge in our lives. Well, that's what it's supposed to be.
0: That is such an awesome, awesome analogy. I'm laughing, but it's super powerful and deeply meaningful as well. Um, Yeah, sister, I'm a pile of goo at this. And, you know, I'm going to own my goo. I'm going to own it. (laughs) Everybody's got their goo. (laughs) Get your goo, get your goo, folks. That's so funny, but very powerful. I love it. What a great analogy. I'm so glad you saw that meme. Um, you know, you could have taken credit for that. I've never heard I could
1: have, but you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's beautiful. Well, tell us something that no one else may know about you, or maybe the majority of us don't know about you. I mean, you know, I'm not asking you to get creepy or anything.
1: But <laughs> a surprise okay. fact. Okay. All right. So um, probably very few people would, unless they're very close to me, very few people would know that, gosh, 20 this was 20 years ago now 21 years ago because it was before my oldest son was born um i auditioned for um i was living in saint louis at the time and i auditioned for this what i thought was just a small um community theater um group because i just moved there called the muni um which Um, was not just a small community theater. It was a major theater where, you know, off-Broadway and Broadway people come in the summer to do their summer stock. And I auditioned with a bunch of um, professional dancers and and Broadway actors and actresses, and they all showed up in their, you know, beautiful black leotards. And I showed up in my, you know, purple leotard that I bought at, you know, Target the night before. And I, I auditioned like like a fool. And wow, that's it was, beautiful. It was one of my, um, it's, it's been one of these reminders throughout my life since then that go ahead and do the crazy thing. Um, uh, it should be no surprise to anyone. I did not get a call back um, because, <laughs> because although I love the theater, um, it was a chorus line and I've never taken a dance class in my life. So, I think it's um, awesome. I'm going to let you just imagine what that might have looked like. Um, <laughs> T and A. I'm thinking <laughs> it's <awesome>. Jazz hands. <laughs> That's right. Lots of jazz hands. Um, but it, it, it's it been this lesson of, you know, I did this thing, which I, in one hand was mortifyingly embarrassing, but I didn't die. Right? I did you the thing.
0: You're courageous. (laughs) Don't you think that's a great example of courage? And I always tell people that I work with and my kid and my husband that, um, you got a 100% shot at failure if you don't try. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the one guarantee. Um, you know, so good on you as my Southern husband would say, good on you for giving it a shot in your purple leotard. I think that's great. Um, I spent many years as a jazz dancer. I don't know if you knew that, but well, Gus Giordano um, in Chicago wanted me to go dance there. So I partic- particularly and personally love that you auditioned and love <laughs> that you gave it a shot. I think it's great.
1: Had you, had, you, I, had we only known each other 21 years ago, you could have given me some tips and I might have had a shot. <laughs>
0: I know people. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. But I think I think that we
0: would have deprived the world of you, what you're doing now. And I think it's I think that health and well-being in the corporate setting and in the law firm are uh, much more important than jazz hands. So you know, healing hands beat jazz hands any day of the week. Awesome. Well, if people want to reach out to you directly, how can they reach you, Renee?
1: Yeah. So my my website is renebranson.blog, and my email address is rb at renebranson.blog. So those are you know two easy easy ways to to get in touch. And you can also find me find me on Twitter, and my handle is at resilient bounty.
0: Nice. Very nice. Well, you know that I had fun with this. I hope that you did too. Um, oh, it
1: was great.
0: Good, 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 good. Thank you so much. This is, so far, this has been my best birthday gift. How about
1: <laughs> Mike, The day is young for you out on the West Coast. So I hope it just gets, you know, even better and, and you get spoiled a lot today. Well, Mike, if you're listening, you, you have time to up the game. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Don't let it be the highlight.
0: (laughs) Exactly. But I loved it. If it is, I'm good with that. So have a great day.
1: Uh,
0: Go get your goo on. Yes.
1: All right. (laughs) We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. Bye.